it's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and today we have a really exciting show. And I say that every week because, hey, every week is exciting. And today we're talking about get others to be a yes to your ideas. So get others to be a yes to your ideas. So have you ever had this really great idea and you share it with somebody and it just it falls flat? They just don't get excited about it. And you think, was it a bad idea? And then you don't really know if it was a bad idea or if you just presented it poorly or what's going on. And so then you do it again and the same thing happens. And again, you're saying, was it a bad idea? Did I present it poorly? Like what really happened here? And so that is what we're gonna cover today. Now, perhaps it is just an idea that gets to be thrown out, but when you learn how to speak in a way that others can be a yes, then we can throw out that, that as being the issue. It's not about how you said it, it's now about whether they maybe they don't like the idea and that's okay too that's great to know actually but what we're talking about is get others to be a yes to your ideas so what are some tools that you can use so that others will be excited now one of the things that happened to me I mean, i did this to myself when i was running my first business an advertising agency i thought wouldn't it be cool if we had some kind of training for lot of the uh, marketing people at companies. So what happens, the, this very specific niche that we worked in when I ran my marketing company, we worked with small to medium sized businesses that had uh, anywhere less than 250 employees, but really less than 100 employees. And the sweet spot was that they really were starting to require, the, they needed a marketing department, the resources that a marketing department could offer, but the company wasn't really at the size yet to be able to have a marketing department and so what was created was this real gap where the secretary or one person within the company that had a whole other set of tasks was now tasked with marketing and they had grown beyond that role but they just they weren't ready to hire somebody and so my company came in and we'd say hey we'll be that for you we will be your outsourced marketing department and the budget we knew how much they would charge for somebody that really really knew that well we we would come in under that so it was a really great way to fill a void so then i said well what if we could train the people in that role we could actually skill them to be able to have some of these these knowledge points you can go to school in marketing you're really not going to know this kind of stuff and let's be honest even in some of the best marketing programs you're not learning media buys we talk about commissionable rates now a lot of when i say this unless you work in this industry you would have no idea what that was but what happens is if you're going to buy media typically what happens like let's just say a radio station for example you want to run a radio ad and yes people buy radio ads if you're listening through their radio network it's a little bit different here because we're in a digital space but in the radio like in your car not xm radio we're not talking digital but the actual satellite or the, the uh, terrestrial radio is what it's called. So you find a station in your car, you're listening to local radio and they have an ad there. Typically it's sold in a 15 or 30 second spot. And that has a price tag to it. Let's say that ad 
this whole ad buy is a $7,000 ad buy. Well, and they're typically much more than that, but I'm giving you just an example. If somebody was to purchase that through media, it's a 15% media commission. So whatever 15% of that, so that's what you pay somebody to place it, to make sure that it's run appropriately, all of that, okay? Well, if you aren't in that field, you don't know how that stuff works. So I have this idea, well, what if we actually create a way to upskill people so that they have this kind of knowledge? And, and it was, I wrote this whole plan. It had a curriculum, it was kind of like a school. It's really neat. And I presented it to my business partner at the time. I'm like, this is gonna be so cool. We've got, we can have teachers, we can actually certify. Like, this really neat program. And she looked at me and didn't really respond. And I thought, oh, maybe I didn't think through something. The profit margin is all laid out on a really great business plan. I was very excited about it. And she didn't really respond. So then I went to my husband who I kick around a lot of ideas and he's in the advertising world. He's still in it, but at this time, this is this was his area of expertise too. I said, what do you think about this? And I was so excited to present this idea to him. Same reaction, nothing, not even comments. I thought, okay, now what's going on? Because I was super excited about this, but two people that I'm close to, I present this idea and neither one of them respond. I mean, not even, there was no validation. There was no feedback. It was just crickets which is one of the worst things that can happen. And so I moved on and I actually left that idea in, at the time I had a, uh, think of it as a file folder, <laughs> a bin. I put it in the idea, it was printed out. I had a business plan. I was really excited about this. I just put it in my uh, file folders and I left it there. And when I sold that business uh, a few years later, I was going through my files and I pulled it out. And I realized that in that time period, there had been a couple competitors to my idea that had spun up and were doing what I had written out in their version and their iteration, but there was nothing wrong with that idea. In fact, I believe that it could have flown and been incredible. And I was really confused because if that idea was so solid, why, did, why were they crickets when I asked about it? Why didn't they understand what was going on? Why didn't they validate it? Why didn't they say, hey, Kathleen, like there's some potential here. Why did they say nothing? Has this ever happened to you? And really think about that, where you get so excited about something, but you share it, you finally are vulnerable, you share this idea and it just falls flat. Now here's what I learned about that and how we're gonna tie it back in to get others to be a yes to your idea. The two people that I shared this idea with actually have very similar communication styles. They show up very similar to the world. And what I know about them, and now I have words, at the time I didn't really have the words to describe it, but they both are analyzers and they both like to process information. And when I come to them super excited and I'm presenting my idea, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Oh my gosh, this is so great. And here's my business plan and this is how it's gonna work and it's gonna be awesome. And, and here's all the details and here's how we're gonna make money. And here's the curriculum and we can just hire these professors, but they don't actually have to be professors. And I'm talking at this pace. It's like they got hit by a Mack truck. They're sorting through, what is she asking me? Okay, what is she talking about? What does she want from me? 
numbers, what curriculum content, what does this have to do with what we're up to now? I, I don't know what she's asking of me. Oh, she stopped talking. Am I supposed to give some kind of feedback? Like, what, what does she want from me right now? That is their mindset. And I didn't realize that at the time. All I heard was crickets. And all I thought was they must not have liked it. I made up a story that because they were silent about it, they must not have liked it. What I didn't do was I didn't say ahead of time, hey, I've got this idea. Could we sit down and talk about it? What I didn't do was say, here's my vision. What questions do you have on my vision? And then say, here's some financials to back that up. What do you hear me saying about these financials? And answer that. What I didn't do was say, what do you think of the viability of this idea? What I didn't do was say, is this something that you think has legs to it? I didn't do that. I just verbal vomited this idea that I was so excited about and then said, what do you think? And when I got no response, I tucked it away. Now that may seem like an extreme example, but this, this, I had put a ton of time into thinking through this, but I did not put as much time into presenting it to the people around me in a way that they could be a yes. Now, I'm not saying that it would have changed my path today. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I get to work in the space of leadership development with executives, and, and I love that space. Could it have been different had I, had I picked up that file? Perhaps. And it wasn't meant to be because it didn't happen that way. And that's a piece of trust and growth. And there's no, there's no regrets. <clears throat> but at the same time, what I don't want to do is fall into that trap again. Now I know how to articulate and talk to people in a way that they can actually accept chunks of information and I can ask them in a way where I can get a response that I want to hear. So a validation to an idea or I can get feedback. And as I look out into the world and I see what's happening around me, I see a lot of people just like my former self Verbal vomiting information to other people thinking that that is how we sell in our ideas. Now, let me give you another example. This is with my nine-year-old. And I'll tell you, I'm risking sharing this because if he heard me say this, he'd probably be mortally embarrassed. He might not talk to me for a while. But I'm going to share it because it's a really good example. So all my children are in scouts. So scouting is a wonderful opportunity for kids to grow in so many areas, leadership development for uh, children, teens. And so I have one child that's in the Cub Scouts and two that are in the, uh, the troop, so for the older kids. Well, our Cub Scouts, we sell popcorn. Now, it's very different than the Girl Scouts. The Girl Scouts sell cookies. The thing about these cookies, they're delicious. They are $5 for a, for a little container of cookies. Now, if I went to the store and I bought cookies, would I spend $5 on cookies? Yeah, probably. It's probably even. Now, I might get a few more cookies in my Oreo box, but I'm talking about a little fancier cookie, more of a gourmet cookie, and I, pay, I spend $5. Well, it's a really easy ask for a $5 give for cookies. It's not really that big of a deal. And so my, my, my goddaughter, hi, Haley, her mom, Kelly, hello. Uh, so, so they are our cookie dealers. My husband refers to Haley as our cookie dealer. And every year 
he will say to her, even before cookie season starts, hey, this is what I want. Actually, he announced to her last year about the Girl Scout cookie, the brand new one that came out before she even knew. So we're all over the Girl Scout cookies. It's very easy. I think next year, my husband's probably just going to put her on a retainer. Like, you know, here's $100. Just supply me with cookies throughout the, the cookie season. <laughs> but it's a very easy ask. When we're talking about popcorn, it's, it's not a tough ask, but our price points are very different. If we had a little $5 bag of popcorn, this gourmet popcorn, you wouldn't get very much popcorn. So our price point, the cheapest thing you can buy is a $15 container of popping corn all the way up to a $95 box of this gourmet popcorn and everything in between. But the average price point is about $25. Now, I could go into the grocery store and I could buy a bag of popcorn that's probably four times the size of the popcorn I'm going to get from the Scouts. Might not taste the same, but for $7, I could buy this giant bag or I could buy it from the Scouts for $25. So the difference is in, in the scouts and the popcorn selling, we really get to establish value. We're really talking about value selling and building that relationship and saying, would you support scouts? It's not really about the popcorn. It's about the scouts. So this is where my nine-year-old comes in. My husband and I took him out selling. Now he's been selling. He's actually doing quite well in his selling, but he walks up to this neighbor's house and we're standing at the, the driveway the, the, or at the sidewalk and he walks up to this lady's house, he rings the doorbell, and he gives her about 30 seconds to get to the door. And he realizes she's not there. So he starts to walk down the driveway to us at the sidewalk, and then he starts to walk to the next house. And all of a sudden, he looks back, and she's standing in the front door. And he goes, oh, she's actually here. So he runs back and he's got my phone because how you buy this popcorn, you can either pay in cash or credit card, but they have a nice app where you can see all the different selections. He's also got his little red wagon full of popcorn and he walks up to her and no joke, this really happened. He shoves my phone in her face with the app up on the phone and he says, what would you like to buy? Now, my husband and I, we are cringing at this point. Like, oh my gosh, he just did that. What would you like to buy? And my husband says to me, I've been working a lot on my messaging. <laughs> and uh, he says, you don't need to work on messaging for your, for your prospects. You just got to shove your phone in their face and say, what do you want to buy? We both laughed, but we realized hey, this is the perfect example of getting others to be a yes to your ideas. Now, uh, what, what doesn't work, that the challenge is, and in this case of scouting, she did buy popcorn. So for him, it worked, which made it really hard to course correct and coach him and say, hey, when you shove a phone in somebody's face and say, what do you want to buy? Uh, that doesn't work because his argument was, well, she bought it. So clearly it did. And uh, he got lucky. <laughs> but my point is that that's not always the best setup and we get to build the relationship and the rapport prior to shoving something in their face and saying, do you want to buy? <laughs> so that's really the first step. And we're going to talk about a number of steps today in getting others to be a yes to your ideas. But the first step is building relationship. Now, he's lucky that this person happened to be our neighbor. And so she happened to already know him. And, and yes, he's pretty adorable. He had his uniform on. And so that really helped him. And she has kids that were in Scouts and had sold popcorn before. So she knew the gig. She was going to support Scouts. She was going to support him. And so the building of the relationship wasn't necessarily as important. 
But when you're looking at Girl Scouts and, and the $5 cookie, you know, it's pretty easy to make that exchange. Yes, the Girl Scouts still get to show up and be in relationship and say, hi, my name is Kathleen. I'm uh, selling Girl Scout cookies today to support our, our Girl Scout troop. Would you be interested in buying? The Scouts get to do that same thing, but it's less about the popcorn and more about the Scouts and what the money's going towards because really they're buying the vision of Scouting. So think about that for yourself and your organization. When you're getting others to be a yes, are you painting the vision, the picture of, of what's happening and building the relationship from that perspective, or are you just going in on the ask? The story I was sharing you earlier, I went in on the ask first, but we get to actually build the relationship. That's what's key, building that relationship. So we are gonna go on a quick break, and when we get back, there's so much more. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership, here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about get others to be a yes to your ideas. Now, something to think about, we just talked about building relationships. And while that can sound simple, it, it actually can take a little bit more work. And so when I'm working on building relationships, especially in a first meeting with somebody, but, but in follow-up meetings too, I really follow their lead. So I'll say, hi, how are you? And depending on how they answer, I'll guide the conversation from there. So if they answer with more of a long-winded, oh, I'm doing really well, and this happened, and this happened, and, and so they give me a lot more detail, I know that that story is gonna be important to them. And so where I may go next is, okay, so tell me about your family. And I wanna know about the things that are really important to them. And so those can be very revealing as to what their values are, what they care about. And so they're gonna they're they're gonna give that information and usually pretty willingly the more detailed that they are. And so I'll 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 go there. Now if they come back and it's pretty quick, like it's fine. That's how I say, how's your day? And they say it's fine. Then I know that really they like to get to the point. And so I may ask a follow-up question just to double check that. And I may say, well what all do you have going on today? And if they're saying, oh, I got some meetings, and it's, again, it's very short, 
I know that they are direct and want to get to the point. And so I'm not going to ask about their family first. We may get to that, but a lot of people that are in that frame of mind want to get right down to business. So they've got a lot on their plate. They want to move forward. Let's go. Why are we here? And if I spend the same amount of time talking about finding out their business or their, their family and understanding really what makes them tick, they're going to be annoyed because they just want to get to the point. And so in that case, I would direct right into the point of the conversation, why we're here, the intention of today, what we get to accomplish in our time together. And so in that case, I might make an ask of them sooner and get to share the, the vision. But in the case of somebody that really likes to understand the, the situation and know what's important and is a little softer spoken, I'm going to ask a lot more questions about them and get to know them as a whole first. Now, somebody that's direct, I still get to know that information, but it's not going to lead with that because that would damage the respect that we have amongst each other. And so looking for those clues to say, how are they responding? So you can ask a leading question. How are you doing? How's your day? Uh, did you watch the game here in, in Iowa? We uh, just had a very big inner uh, collegiate rivalry. And so if you're living in the state, you've heard about it. And so you may say, hey, did you watch the game or did you go to the game? And so that's going to give you an idea if they say, oh, no, uh -uh. you know, move past it, get right to business. But if they say, oh, my gosh, I missed it or I watched it on TV or I went to it or I got to take my son to it, whatever that is, then, you know, dig deeper and spend more time on what's important to them build the relationship in that way so these little tells that people give you that's how you can work on building the relationship building the relationship doesn't always have to be built just based on understanding their family makeup or the things that are important to them building relationships can also mean that hey she gets that i like to be right down to business and i just want to move forward now, I, Kathleen Reeson, deeply care about other people and want to know their stories. And I also like to move forward. So I may not lead with my family. If, if it was just me and somebody was coming to me, I may not lead with, I have three children. And, but it is important I get to get to that point. But I may lead with, so what's our intention of today? Think about your office meetings and how you're setting those up with your team. Like for example, when you meet with your leadership team or, or anybody that you're around, do you get right down to business? Or do you spend time saying, how are you today? What is it that really lights you up today? What are some of the challenges that you're facing? Tell me about your favorite thing that's happened this week. Know that in a team setting, 50% of the people on average are going to be frustrated if that's your style, and 50% of the people are going to love it. So now it's about figuring out how do you create an experience where the 50% of people that just want to get right down to business get what they need, but the 50% of the people want to feel like we are more than just the work that we're doing, get what they need. So it becomes a balance. Okay, you get a little bit of both, a little bit of both. And that's about knowing what the people around you need. So again, remember the example that I shared about this incredible experience that I created, this curriculum-based program, and I launched it to the people in a way that they couldn't hear it. And that's what we're talking about here. When you're building relationships, you're understanding how do they want me to speak to them. And the most important piece here is that how I speak is not always how the person can hear. 
So even though I may want to get right down to business and move forward, and then we'll talk about family, and then we'll talk about what we're doing after work or whatever that looks like, what we're doing on the weekends, of course we'll get to that. But I want to first talk about what we're here because the worst thing that could happen is we spend so much time on the other stuff that we don't get to why we're really here. Now, when I'm meeting with somebody that has that exact same philosophy, it's beautiful. It's like we're kindred spirits. We get, we get what we want to get done here in the first few minutes, and then we have plenty of time to just socialize. But when you meet with somebody that's different than that, it really flips the game. And the key is that you are representing what the person in front of you wants, not what you want, what the person in front of you wants. And so it's not their responsibility to switch your style or their style to you. It's your responsibility as the leader to switch your style to theirs because you are the owner of that style. You get to shift it to match theirs. Remember, all of this stuff is about creating the results that you want. And if the results that you want, if that's, that's the goal, then you're gonna match their style so that you can get to the outcome that you desire. Okay, so building the relationship is really important and it starts with really listening. The second piece is on selling value. Now we talked about this as far as the the, the Girl Scouts versus the Scouts, and the difference being if you have a $5 cookie, you, you know, you would buy, you probably spend that much on a cookie anyways. You go to a really nice gourmet cookie shop and it's $5 for one cookie. Now that's probably not the, the types of cookies that the Girl Scouts are selling. It's a little bit different, but you, it's the price point's not at a differentiation that it would make me say, mm, those cookies are pretty expensive. I'm not gonna buy them. It's not that case. It's more like I'm gonna buy multiple sets. Maybe I don't buy 10, maybe I buy five instead. So I'm gonna spend $25 on cookies, but I'm getting five different cookie sets, five different boxes of cookies versus the Scouts, I'm buying one bag of popcorn for $25 that I could go spend $7 on. This jar of popping corn, I'm sure when it gets popped, it's gonna be great popcorn, but is it gonna be that much greater than the $3 bag that I could just buy off the shelf? So $15 that I buy through the Scouts or $3 that I buy off the shelf, I have a $12 differentiation in my price point. The Girl Scouts maybe have a dollar or $2, but here I'm talking about a $12 difference. Well, in the, the stake of fundraising for little kids, that's an important difference. And so we really gotta sell on value. So think about that for yourself, for your company and what you're up to. You are selling based on value, unless you're a commodity. If you're a commodity, ignore this whole thing and just sell on price and you're good. But for everybody else, you are not a commodity and you gotta sell on value, which means you're selling in a vision. When I had my beautiful idea, I was so excited about it, I could have started about I started going, what would it be like if we could create an experience for people that are interested in marketing to learn marketing that's applicable to the job while they're in the job outside of a collegiate setting. Now to an analyzer, like the people that I presented this to, they could say, oh, that's intriguing, tell me more. Because I gave them a little hook of the vision. And then I could give them a little bit more and a little bit more, but I'm first selling on what the value of that would be. Saying, what would it be like? I'm letting them paint the vision for it. And so the difference being that I am 
bringing them into the story along the way instead of verbal vomiting the entire story to them because I'm so excited about it and they can't keep up when I'm moving at a fast pace and I'm not giving them time to process the information. That does not work. So when you're selling on value, remember you gotta bring your person that you're talking to with you in the journey, bite-sized pieces that they can be a yes to. A lot of times people really want to be a yes. I mean, most of the time, think about this, in any sort of interaction that would require a credit card that I'm gonna buy something, Anytime somebody comes to you, they have their credit card out. They are ready to spend. But every time you open your mouth, you're giving them a reason to put it away. And how crazy is that? You're giving them a reason to put it away. And so in this case, we're simply saying, what are some bite-sized pieces that you, the person in front of you can be a yes to along the way? So give them an opportunity to say yes along the way by showing the value to them not to you, not to some random person, but the value to them so that they can be a yes and continue to be a yes. Because when you can get them there, the likelihood that they will purchase from you or, or what I, we're right now saying it's a fictitious sale that we're referring to, but maybe it's a yes to an idea. So not actually buying anything, but right now we're saying whatever that perpetual or that, that fictitious credit card swipe is, that's being a yes to whatever it is that you're offering. And that's what we want. So I know now that when I was sharing with my idea about growing this marketing school, I gave all kinds of opportunities for the people in front of me to put their credit card away. Anytime confusion sets in, the credit card goes away. I mean, that's like a locked, sealed, put it in a vault. Confusion does not create clarity. People buy based on clarity. They do not buy based on confusion. So people are a yes to ideas that are going to create clarity, not when they're in confusion. So when you can break down the value to bite-sized chunks that people can be a yes to, then they're more likely to be a yes. How beautiful is that? All right, we've got so much more, but before we dig in, we're gonna go on another break. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Enjoy this quick break. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. 
and we are talking all today about how to get others to be a yes to your ideas. We talked about building relationships and selling value. And the next piece is really understanding their questions, so answering questions. Now, to borrow from the same story we've been using about scouts, <coughs> excuse me, my son, after we had gone to this house and it, it worked, right? He said, what do you want to buy? And they purchased. We go to the next house. And the next house, the person says, well, uh, how much is the popcorn? And he says, well, I don't set the prices. Somebody else sets them. And the person looks at him and says, oh, I, I know, I'm just wondering what the prices are. And he says, I, 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 I mean, I, I can get them to you, but they're all different prices. And he really fumbled over this piece. And in his mind, he created a story that the prices were expensive and then people might not want to buy them. Now, we have been coaching him this, to sell on value, like we just talked about, and that it's about scouting, but it's okay to talk about the pricing. And sometimes, you know, in real life, this can jump then jump people around. This can really cause them some challenges when we get hung up on pricing, especially if we ourselves have a belief that it's expensive. So think about ideas. It's the same way. We have our own beliefs and our own stories that we've created about what people are going to think. We project our own beliefs on what people are going to think, believe and say. So we are saying, based on how we think, feel, and believe, that that's how somebody else is going to think, feel, and believe, and it absolutely changes how we speak. So in this case, my son had a preconceived idea that the prices were high. And so when he goes up to this person and the first thing they say is, how much is it? He's thinking, well, they're automatically going to think it's so high, and I've got to explain to them that I didn't set the prices. But well, that actually had nothing to do with what this person was saying. This person was saying, I want to buy from you. I just, I don't know how much it is. Can you just tell me how much it is? And that's exactly what this person ended up saying. He says, I, I understand you didn't set it. I just, I don't know how much it is. Could you share with me how much it is? So this is a simplified version to see when we're selling ideas, how many times do people ask questions and we don't actually hear what it is that they're saying. We hear what they, what we think they're saying. There's absolutely a difference between what we think they're saying and what they're saying. I have a client right now who my experience is that he works really, really hard to get one step ahead of the people he's interacting with. So some of the language that he'll use when we're in conversation is, oh yeah, I know where you're going with this. And normally in conversation, when somebody says that, we say, oh, okay, and we keep going. But that is him projecting his belief about where we're going. The, re the, the reality is he's never been where we're going. He's never worked with an executive leadership coach like me. So there's absolutely no way that he could get where we're going because we haven't defined where we're going yet. I haven't even come to that conclusion. We're on this journey together. So for him to say, oh, I get where, you, where we're going here is actually not true but that's a blind spot. And so it's something that we get to call forward and say, hey, pause, did you hear what you just said? You're tripping all over yourself. And instead of listening to what I'm saying, you're projecting your belief on where you think that we're going. You don't even hear what I'm saying. And I'll give you another example where this has created a significant problem. 
he's got some work that he's doing. We do assessments, a lot of assessment skills, assessments to understand where ideal roles are and fits, because a lot of times when we get into our senior leadership, there are just some misfits, some, and I don't mean that as in the like island of misfits. I mean that sometimes some people are in roles that they would better perform in a slightly different role or some of the tasks that they have on their plate would be better off maybe on somebody else's plate. And so there's some different assessments and tools that we can use to better understand where there are some gaps there and make some adjustments. So in this case, I had asked him to do this assessment. Now I've asked over a thousand people to do this assessment. So I've got lots of experience in this assessment and specifically analyzing this assessment. He is on his third iteration of this assessment. Third iteration. And it's not that that hasn't happened before. There have absolutely been cases where that is happening. And my experience when we get to the third, fourth, or even fifth iteration is that somebody's working really hard not to listen. And it's not intentional, it's just that they're tripping all over themselves, saying, okay, I wanna get this right, so I'm gonna work really hard to interpret it the way that I wanna interpret it, that I'm not actually listening to what it is that you're saying. I'm not using the resources around me and listening. And that does not work. So when you're answering questions, know that your, your thoughts, your feelings, and your beliefs are your thoughts, your feelings, and your beliefs. They are not the people in front of you. They are yours and yours alone. And so when you project your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs onto somebody else, it doesn't work. And in the case of my marketing idea that I had created for this phenomenal marketing school, I absolutely did that. I projected my thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that this is a big idea and that they probably wouldn't see it or value it onto them. And the second that I collected evidence that they didn't care or didn't think it was a great idea, hence the crickets when it was quiet, I interpreted that as, nope, there's the evidence. They don't think this is a great idea. Shove it in the file bin and move on. See how that works? I project my thoughts, feelings, and beliefs onto them and I don't give them the chance to create anything else. And that doesn't work. And so we get to answer the questions. If you want somebody to be a yes to your ideas, then give it a clean slate. Know that your stories are your stories alone and let them create their own beliefs. Give them the space that they need to be able to answer those questions. Somebody that's very direct, remember when we're building relationships, very direct, want to get right down to business, they're typically going to process a lot faster. They're gonna be able to give you an answer quicker. But if somebody that really wants to understand you and your belief system or your family wants to talk about all the different pieces that make up for them, sometimes they need a little bit more time to process. So make sure you give it to them. A joke that I have with my husband, <laughs> I talk about him a lot on this show, he loves that too. But one joke that I have about him is that I'll be having a conversation with him and I'll ask him a question and he'll say, let me think about that. And then five, six, seven days later, he'll tell me the answer to the question. And I will have completely forgotten the question. I will have moved on. And he's talking about it like we just had the conversation a moment ago. He just picked up from right where we are seven days before. I'll say, hey, what would you like for dinner tonight? And he'll say, let me think about that. And then seven days later, he'll say, you know, I really like Mexican. No, this is an extreme example, obviously. But I'll say, what do you mean Mexican? What are you talking about? You want Mexican for dinner? And he goes, well, yeah, see what I wanted for dinner. And I'll say, seven nights ago? I mean, come on, man. 
But, but that gives you that again is an extreme example. If my husband was here, he'd be laughing at that too. <laughs> so I can say that. But think about that from a business context. If you're talking with somebody in a business relationship, maybe it's somebody on your leadership team, and you ask them a question, are you really giving them the time that it requires for them to process that information? Because their processing speed may be different than your processing speed. Now, I was working on a situation last night that required an answer. So I did not have the luxury of process. I am one that does not take a long time to process information. Sometimes I, I really get to slow myself down and actually absorb it and process the information. But naturally, I work at a very fast pace, which means I don't often use a lot of processing time. So when I'm around somebody that requires processing time, I intentionally slow myself down. And sometimes that can cause frustration for me. But last night I was in a situation where the person that I was making this decision with was a, a uh, wanted more processing time. And at that point we got to move. And I got to deliver the feedback of, I absolutely understand the speed at which you wanna process the information and the time to process is now gone. And now we get to make a decision and move forward. And so in this case, I got to bring that person along with me in processing at a fast pace because we absolutely just got to move and be okay with the consequences. And so that is okay too. But know that when somebody asks questions, they're asking them from their thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. They're asking them from their need for their processing of speed. It's about them and what they need. It does not work for us to, to project our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs onto them because that just creates challenges. <laughs> it creates stories and stories aren't gonna get you a yes to your ideas. So when you are open with them, you understand that it's about them and you're not gonna project your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs onto them, then you can actually hear their questions for what they are, questions. And then you can answer them based on what you hear them saying. That is truly active listening. And it's a beautiful thing. Because guess what? We get to leave our stories at the door and, and we're just sorting through whatever, whatever the person in front of us wants to say. They want time to process? Cool. When is a better time to follow up with you about this? I mean, that's a great question to ask. Somebody that's a slow processor, when I said, what would it be like if we had this marketing school where we could upskill uh, people that have you know, very little marketing skills but need those outside of a collegiate environment? If I was talking to somebody and they said, huh, That'd be really cool, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe I stop there and I say, hey, why don't you think about that? Would you be willing to think about that? Could we get back together tomorrow at noon to discuss? Maybe they say yes, I got a yes there. Okay, so they're a yes to that part. So maybe this idea that I really wanted to just share the entire thing actually takes a week when I share a little bit at a time. But what I'm doing is giving space to answer questions, honoring their process, not shoving my process onto them. So when you follow that, you can get to a yes. And the last piece, the last piece of all of this, and this is the one that I see missed the most, when we wanna get others to be a yes, we've gotta actually make the ask. We've gotta make the ask. So are you a yes to this? What do you believe about this? What do you think about this? It's actually asking for that feedback and doing it in a way that they can be a yes. I was facilitating a leadership 
team, I was working with the leadership team the other day, senior leadership team, and I gave them the challenge. So oftentimes when I'm doing this, I, I set up an experience that I know is going to be challenging for them. And in this case, there were 17 people in the room and they were having a challenge with their uh, fun times, like, like structured social times. And for them, the biggest challenge was that they would set these up and then not everybody would come and they wanted a 100% requirement, 100% attendance. So I said, okay, well, let's just, just set one up right now. Set it up, pick the date, pick the time, get everybody enrolled. And I gave them five minutes to do it. And then I watched the people that got really excited about it, that were in charge of getting everybody excited because they had some appointed leaders. They were saying, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Are you a yes? Are you gonna be there? Come on, let's go. And they were shoving it down these people's throats. And this guy, he really wanted to be a yes, but he had some questions. And so he would he would say, well, I, I want to be a yes, but I, I've got this question. I, what time do I have to be there? In this case, they were going to involve some of the animals. So, so it was this place that they were going to invite involve dogs. Well, this guy's traveling and what does he, he comes from an hour drive. So what does he do with his dog during before the meeting? What does he do at that point? And so there were lots of things that he got to think about that maybe everybody else didn't. And if we could just answer that question, then we could move forward. But what happened was there was somebody in the room that wanted a yes so badly that he kept saying, come on, you can do this. Will you go? Will you go? And this other guy is like, well, no, because I don't have the answers to my questions. And that's what he was violating. He wasn't answering the questions. All he was doing was making the ask. Now, sometimes I see it where the ask never gets made. So everything's set up, but they never actually make the ask. So think about that. My credit card is out. I'm ready to buy, but nobody ever actually asks me to buy. My son doesn't have his problem because he says, what do you want to buy? <laughs> but lots of times people are so hesitant about making the ask that they never actually say, are you a yes? Or give me feedback. They never actually do that step. And so it's really important that if you want people to be a yes to their idea, to your ideas, Give them the opportunity to be a yes. Ask them, are you a yes? And if they say no, you go back to the to step about asking questions and say, well, what would make you a yes? What's in the way for you being a yes? And then they, can, you, they bring it up and you can address it. So these all work together. They all work together. Well, we're going to go on another quick break. And when we get back, we will wrap all of this up. You'll listen to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you very soon. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about how to get others to be a yes to your ideas. I shared with you earlier about how I had created this, in my opinion, incredible business plan on creating a marketing school. And I got crickets totally crickets. I did not follow this process because I didn't really know this process exists. I verbal vomited the idea to the people that were in front of me. And then when they didn't know how to answer and they were processing the information, I created a story that that meant that they weren't interested or they thought it was a bad idea. 
don't be like me, don't do that. Instead, follow this process about building relationships and selling on value and answering questions and most importantly, making the ask. Because when you do that, you bring people along the journey. Remember, bite-sized pieces of information that they can be a yes to along the way. Because if I'm a yes five times, by the time you get to the big yes, the big ask, then I'm more likely to be a yes. So get my yeses along the path. So that is how you get others to be a yes to your ideas. Use those tools. Let me know if you have any questions. You can reach out to me, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Or if you want to know how you can really work on this in your organization, and perhaps you've got a senior leadership team that you are working on how to get the most out of that team, call me. I'm happy to answer any questions that you have. Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Just shoot me an email and we'll talk. Now, next week, we come every single week with all kinds of topics just like that related to executive leadership and how you can get the most out of your senior team, leadership development, coaching, and consulting. That is my zone of genius. And one of the things that we're talking about next week is your zone of genius. So how to find your zone of genius. It's going to be really exciting. I work with a lot of people on this, especially with CEOs and executives that have been running companies and they get to a point and say, gosh, is this really where I want to be anymore? Like, is this, is this, this has been my, I refer to seasons. This was my last season. Is this my next season? Think about it in like a sports analogy, right? You have seasons, you have one season and the next season. So what you've lived up until now is a season. Now, what's the next season look like? And so we get to rewrite that. And what's most important is that you're playing in your zone of genius. You may be, you may be just slightly off of it. You may be totally off of it, but really understanding what your zone of genius, because when you are in line with that, you don't have the exhaustion at night. You are lit up. I was just talking with a guy who I, I deeply respect, and my experience of him was this huge visionary. He's actually got the ability to paint the future so far out, but the day-to-day the -day environment that he's working in is very integrator, meaning he's focused on how to do the tasks, and that's exhausting for him. And it's not that he can't do it. He's actually doing it very well, but it's not his zone of genius. And so moving into the role of zone of genius, he was thinking he needed to hire somebody to really fill that visionary role. And I challenged him and said, I, you know, I don't think that's the role you get to fill. I think you get to replace yourself as this integrator piece, really hire a COO and allow yourself to step fully into that visionary role. And he never looked at it that way. And so that, that's my job as, this, as an executive leadership coach and consultant is to see those blind spots and say, hey, I'm just, just looking at this from an outside perspective. What if we shifted this? Because I think it would open up some possibilities. And that got him excited. So think about that for you. What's your zone of genius and are you playing in it? In the show, we'll uncover how to really identify that. And then if you do find that you get to shift a little bit, we'll talk about some tips on how to actually make that shift. Because this is pretty common. It's, it's very common that we are just slightly out of our zone of genius. Let's be honest, if you were totally out of your zone of genius, you're probably not, uh, you wouldn't have made it to the success level that you're at. So you've been playing in a space of your genius, but perhaps just like seasons change, your zone of genius, you may be shifting into a next one and that's okay too. And so that's some of the stuff that we'll talk about on next week's show. Now, I've got some future planning here. I'm going to put this out here because I'm super excited about it. I have planned all my shows through mid-November right now. And the October 31st Halloween edition is about horror leadership stories. Oh, we've all got them. We all have experiences where we have been in either 
working with somebody else who's leading us or we've been leading somebody else and it has just been a horrible like you don't know whether to cry or laugh but yet there are lessons in there and so what my ask of you is that if you've got a story like that would you anonymously submit it i'm not going to call you out would you anonymously submit it to me kathleen at kathleenreason.com and in our october 31st show i'm going to do one of two things Either I'm going to share these stories, again, from an anonymous position, but just so that we can all really enjoy uh, seeing that everybody else has these stories too, that uh, really embrace that leadership is a journey. And so we can, if you're willing to submit your story, we'll share those. Or uh, we also are gonna have some people come live to the show. So if you wanna come live to the show and share your story, that would be amazing as well. So let me know if you have a story that you want to share, send me an email, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. So Leadership Horror Stories, this is for our Halloween edition that's going to be happening October 31st. So send me a note if you have a Halloween horror story and if you'd be willing to share it with us, just it will be anonymous. It's going to be super fun and please partake in that. It will be sure to listen to the show or watch the show because it will be one of my favorite, I'm sure. And again, I say that every time, but this one's going to be amazing because we can all relate to a leadership horror story. I've got some of my own that I'll share, probably some that I've led because <laughs> we always have that moment too. What's going to be vulnerable here? We all have those moments of, oh my gosh, did that just happen? Did I really just do that? It totally backfired. Perhaps one day my son will say it was the one where he said, what are you going to buy? <laughs> I don't know. Might make it in his top 10. But anyway. That is the October 31st edition. So let me know if you have leadership horror stories, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com is my email. So on today's topic, your homework, get others to be a yes to your idea. Just listen in and how you're presenting your ideas to those around you. Make sure that you are giving them bite-sized information that they can be a yes to. Or are you like the former me and verbal vomiting all of your idea at once onto the person and then surprised when they don't react the way that you want. Don't do that. <laughs> don't be like me in that case. That's the former me, and I know so much better now. But I didn't at the time, so maybe that's my leadership horror story. Nah, who knows? We'll have better ones. But think about that process, okay? Make sure that you're building relationships. Make sure that you're selling on value. Make sure that you're answering their questions and you're not projecting your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs onto them. They have enough on their own. They don't need yours too. And then make sure that you're making the ask. Make sure that you're saying, are you a yes? Could I get feedback? Because that's gonna give you the information. And then listen to it. Be an active listener instead of projecting what you think, feel, and believe. Now I come here every Monday and I thank you for listening. This is the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.